It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel, Kim and Chris. On today's Australian Open Draw Preview, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. Djokovic goes in search of his own La Decima. Nadal gets handed a tricky start. And Naomi Osaka announces her pregnancy on social media. Kim, Chris, today is the 12th of January and we are here to catch up on the Australian Open draws at Tennis Weekly HQ. The draws happened this morning, Thursday morning. We were waking up, we were looking at all the potential uh, fallout from the draws, round one, looking at all the projected pathways for Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, all very, very exciting. I mean, how are we feeling with Melbourne coming interview so quickly and so early on in the season I feel like obviously it happens every year but it sort of takes me by surprise a little bit well after having had a brief look at the draws earlier um my initial thoughts were how is Djokovic's marketing team going to factor in the 10 <laughs> into his name you know how they make it like the clever kind of mm. they, they format it so that like one of the letters becomes a one and one of them becomes a zero I'm just trying to work out what letters are going to be used for the one and the zero is this how resigned you are to Novak Djokovic just steamrolling the tournament. I mean, I know the draws came out and I know there's been a lot of chat, which we're going to get into about his draw being very, very favourable, um, at least on, on paper. Has it just sort of given you this mindset that potentially the men's draw, this is just this is just going to be the Djokovic revenge show in, in Melbourne? He could well win without losing a set, uh, which will be a complete turnaround <laughs> on his Australian Open of 2022. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I think it's definitely his to lose, shall we say. And I don't want to be all negative in terms of Rafa's chances, but I've got to be realistic. I think if it does happen, my my bet is on the Novak. I think the one would be in the capitalised N at the end and the O would be the zero for the 10. If it does happen, if it does happen, that's what I'm going for. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what I'm going to predict, that Djokovic will lose to Kyrgios in the practice match and then not <laughs> drop a set. That's oh, most likely, I think, because I feel like practice we've had two matches. rounds. Oh my, I feel like I haven't heard enough about practice matches over the last couple of days. I, I don't know what it is, but I don't know if any of our listeners feel this, but it feels like practice matches is like the in vogue phrase um, at the moment in the build up to Grand Sams, which I don't feel like we ever really kind of spoke about before. And, and these matches always sort of happened, but... It feels like now they're becoming a lot more of a thing. We're reading a lot more into the results. And as you said, for that Kyrgios Djokovic match, which we touched on in our first catch up, they're becoming like more of a marketing thing that was already there. And now it's becoming an even greater thing. I mean, why hold a tournament when you can just sell out your practice matches? Um, 
It's a lot less effort and mm. the practice, you can schedule who you want to play. You don't even have to win a round. <laughs> but this is for charity, have we established after yes. all? Mm. Yes. The Australian uh, we, Tennis not... Foundation. Oh, perfect. Because, yeah, we were a bit sceptical if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest and, and, and hold my hand up here because I was very kind of scathing of this. But it sounds like there's an audience because it's sold out within 58 minutes, which I find un. I find that unbelievable because this is not even part of the the Grand Slam. This it's like it's it's for me like a sideshow. It's it's a kind of PR vehicle for me for this Breakpoint, um, you know, Netflix documentary kind of coming out. Um, but for it to sell out in fifty eight minutes, that's uh, it. Just shows, I guess, that there's there is there is demand out there for these sort of practice matches that. I feel like us tennis fans. I, I would have said, I would have probably laughed at if you had suggested that to me, like a year, a, you know, a year ago. I guess you know they might as well capitalise on the interest and the demand if it's raising funds that are going to be put to good use. So mm. I'm, I'm all for charity, um, you know, fundraising. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just, and it's a way of introducing maybe audiences to to tennis mm. who maybe they wouldn't think to go to the actual tournament, but they might be up for a bit of a. A fun, non-serious match on a Friday evening. So, I think there's there's positives. I do wonder if um, if the Netflix, you know, show producers or anything, do, do you think they sort of had a subtle? Um, mm, it's a good launch, isn't it? Influence in this, yeah. I, I'm, I'd be quite curious to know about that. But um, I'm going to see if this become curious to see if this becomes a thing, a trend even throughout the season. I can't imagine Wimbledon, Wimbledon doing something Wimbledon. like this, but I could imagine the US Open doing something like yeah. this. Yeah, I think oh, of sure. the two, it's AO and US that would, would be inclined uh, to do it. But um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on Wimbledon. There's many <laughs> things that Wimbledon don't allow uh, and haven't historically. So it'll be going some if they innovated too much in one year um but let's have a look at the actual draw shall we because um we've alluded to the fact that Djokovic has a somewhat favorable draw as you diplomatically said Joel <laughs> one player who doesn't have a, a favorable draw um particularly uh, depending on how you look at it is Rafa Nadal who is the defending champion and the top seed um He's been drawn in the first round, um, Jack Draper, who mm. um, obviously for many British uh, listeners and fans will, will be very aware of. Um, even if you're not British, you know, Jack Draper has been making inroads, steadily climbing the rankings, definitely a young player to watch. He's doing well in Adelaide this week. In good form. Um, so many people are tipping this as a very, very difficult title defence uh, for Rafa uh, in his first match. Chris... Who do you think is going to get this one? I know you've put a poll up on our social media and I think people are quite divided about this one. People are very divided. Um, the people said with 53%, Nadal would take it. But at times it was 51 versus 49. So 53 to Nadal for the victory, 47 to Jack Draper. I should have let, given an option for not sure because I think a lot of us would <laughs> be on the fence there if we could be. But um, for me, I think it, it depends on a couple of things. I think it's a, it's a big leap isn't it for Jack? I mean, he's had some great results um, at some sort of great performances at majors, but I mean, Nadal, the defending champion, the number one seed, Australian Open, um, that is a really big moment. And I think it's one of those times when the experience of Nadal, I think will get him through it um, across those five sets. There'll be moments when you're going to have a mental wobble and Nadal's going to keep going as long as he physically can. And I think... um, in those moments, I think he'll really make his experience uh, pay dividends. 
Yeah, I have to say over five sets, I'd I'd give Rafa the edge, but I do think it could well go five sets. Um, if it was like a Masters event level, you know, and it was just best of three, I'd be more inclined to go for Draper. But it really depends on, on Rafa's fitness. And, you know, he's obviously had those two matches at the um, United Cup which he, he sort of lost in three each time. So we'll have to see. Maybe Draper might, you know, sometimes players start off the year well and then when it gets into the slam, it doesn't quite transcend. But um, yeah, Joel, do you have any any comments on, on Rafa's draw? I mean, if, if he gets through Draper, he could well have like Nakashima in the second round. Oh, that's uh, a tough second round. round. Francis Tiafo in the fourth round, who beat him at the US Open. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a really tough uh, path. And I think... You know, if you're a, a Nadal fan, I think you're looking at a, this Grand Slam and thinking, you know, you'd ideally want to kind of build, you know, into the tournament. You know, ideally have a f- couple of easy gimme matches in the, you know, the opening rounds, maybe against a qualifier or a, you know, lucky loser. But it really is one of those, um, you know, draws that's been handed to him where I think he's going to have to come out, you know he's going to have to come out relatively sharp and I think sharper than he did show at the United Cup. You know, he's a player who is out of form. He's lost, I think, the six of his last seven matches and that's not that's not the form you want, I think, when you're coming in against someone like uh, a Jack Draper. I would add to kind of Chris's points that I also think, you know, he's Jack Draper's doing very well in, in Adelaide, uh, you know, this week. He has the opportunity even to maybe even win uh, an ATP Tour singles title. But um, that could also, I think, factor in that kind of transition. I think we've seen some players, you know, have really good, kind of build-ups um, you know in those kind of tournaments just before the, the Grand Sam starts but actually they've almost kind of peaked too early so I'll be interested to see how that kind of transition is handled by Draper but yeah certainly I think Nadal has got a tricky path with yeah potentially again kind of Nakashima saw him do well at Wimbledon last year um, and, and TFO so um, yeah I'm not I'm although he's a defending champion I, I can't you know I, I've not gonna think like too I think ahead of myself I think for Rafa which is a bit of a surprise I think given you know you normally see him in the draw and you normally kind of just sort of pencil mark him in naturally for you know the second week and beyond but you know at the moment I think there's there's almost yeah too much uncertainty there that you know dare I say could he could he go out in week one I think it's possible. I think it's not just the first round. It's There seems to be a number of potentially quite difficult mm. opponents for him. Um, I mean, the other bit of this draw contains Daniel Medvedev, the, the finalist of last year, you know, who very almost won the, the tournament. Um, he's at the bottom of this section, but we've got Seb Korda, who, you know, just narrowly lost mm. to Djokovic um, in Adelaide last week. They could very well meet in the fourth round. So one of them you know, could potentially be a a quarterfinalist for for Rafa or or Mm. someone like TFO. Uh, Chris, where do you reckon Daniel Medvedev is going to fare this time round? You know, he's made the last two finals at this event. Do you think he could make it three in a row looking at his draw? I think we're seeing a very different Medvedev. I mean, he's he's no longer kind of that that wall that gets back everything. And I think we're seeing some cracks in in his armour in the last couple of... um, well, the last season, couple of, well, last season, I wouldn't say a couple of seasons. Obviously, he won a Grand Slam um, season before and reached final. But I think it's he's come a bit unstuck at times, um, and he's had some surprising losses to some players. So, I think he's someone that you, Nadal, you wouldn't want to see Medvedev, a Grand Slam champion, in your quarterfinal draw. But for Medvedev, I think he 
any match is quite a tough match for him at the moment. He is out of form. And of all the people you could play in the third round, I think Seb Corder is one of the people you'd want to play least mm. based on his showing against Djokovic. And I've actually bookmarked uh, Corder to, to take that one and to set up a, a rematch with Nadal from um, last year's Australian Open, which was five sets. So I think it's a really tough, really tough section. And any number of players could probably make it out of this one. So looking at the second quarter, um, here we've got a player headlining this quarter who's done very, very well at the Australian Open of recent, uh, making the semi-finals in three of the last four uh, tournaments. And that is Stefanos Tsitsipas, um, who I think personally looking at his draw, it's, it's, it's not a bad draw. You know, he could potentially have the likes of um, Yannick Sinner in his uh, fourth round or Botics van der Zandschorp in the third. Um, and at the other side of this quarter, you've got the Cam Norries and the FAAs. So um, Borna Korich as well, perhaps throwing a bit of a surprise. Joel, from looking at this quarter, is your money on Sitzmas to get to the semifinals again? You know, his recent form what do you think yeah I think you know he's again he had a very good start to the season at the you know the United Cup he loves playing um you know the Australian Open he's done very very well there in the past and you know you could argue that you know he's had those he's had those matches um you know against big opponents at the business end of of Grand Slams those, those sort of heartbreak moments that I think you know he has now those experiences that could potentially, you know, having, you know, had those moments, you know, now could be his time to, you know, to break that duck and, and win his first Grand Slam. Um, I think he is a very, you know, dangerous player, I think, in this, you know, top half of the draw. And um, I think, again, unlike Nadal, he's probably, I think, got quite a nice route in. Um, you know, he's got a few kind of qualifiers and lucky losers and wild cards around him. Um, I think it does get tricky once he does meet the kind of bottom section in his quarter where you do have players like Cam Norrie and, and Borna Chorich. Um, I think Cam Norrie has been playing fantastic. Um, he's had a really good start um, to the season. Again, playing really, really well in, in Auckland at the moment. You've got Felix Ogier Aliasim. So I think we'll know a bit more about Sissipas once he gets, I think, to kind of round four. I, I think he's going to be one of these players maybe we don't, pay too much attention to in the earlier rounds given the the quality of of oppositions around him but um yeah certainly i think when he gets to kind of the the third and the fourth round and maybe even the, the you know the quarterfinals i think there's certainly going to be some opponents there that i think we can we're going to really know what sisabas has turned up um at the australian open yeah and i mean i'm i'm hoping that Norrie could go on a good run here, you know, British mm. hope and obviously in recent form, like currently playing well out in Auckland, um, he could very well face potentially Felix OJ Aliasim in the fourth round. FAA does have a, a very strong head to head against Norrie, but I think that could be a close encounter this time. And also, you know, Borna Chorich as well. He is a player who's shown, you know, last season, I think was in Cincinnati, He's, he's a, on his day, he's a great player. Cam Norrie on his day is a, is a great player. So again, I think both of those players, it's going to be fascinating to see if, if that does end up in a, in a third round match, Chorich v Norrie, you know, who comes out there because, um, yeah, I think they're both on their day, just very, very combative players and can test even, you know, even the, even the best players on a, on a Grand Slam stage. 
And uh, Joel, I know um, Chris mentioned this the other day, but your favourite Lloyd Harris is back and yes. in this section of the draw. His favourite male He's tennis player, Lloyd Harris. Yes. yes. Well, will Massetti play? He did retire from his last match. I was going to say there's true. quite a few. Yes. Quite a few comeback stories I'm, I'm, in this I'm section. Bang- well, I'm hoping he sort of turns up for the maybe for the paycheck, and and Lloyd Harris plays like a a sixty percent like Lorenzo Massetti. But um, yeah, it's quite, it's great to see him back because yeah, he had a few injury troubles last year that sort of kept him out of the game for an extended period of time. So nice to see him in the draw with his his flowing locks. I'm sure Rafa also will be pleased. He's not anywhere not yeah. anywhere near him. Oh, well, he's sure. playing, I mean, Harris Massetti, that's sort of a battle of, of two guys with quite flowing locks. <laughs> yes, Massetti's got quite a good mm. hairstyle as well, hasn't he? Uh, Carl Edmund also uh, has an interesting first round against Yannick mm. Sinner. I mean, I expect that's going to be one-way traffic. I mean, but... what what do you make of, of, of Yannick Sinner? Because it, is there an argument to say he's being become a little bit more of a, a forgotten man with kind of the mm. rise of kind of Kasper Rude and, and Holger Rune. Um, mm. you know, he's the you know, 15th seed here. I feel like you know, a few years ago, we were talking about him more like, you know, he's going to win, this guy's going to win a, a Grand Slam. But now is he more, where do, you, where do you see him kind of going into the season? I think it, you've got to put it in perspective in terms of the fact that he has performed so well already at such a young age, like he is mm. 21. Yeah. And I think we looked at that statistic in terms of, Berrettini had only just um, made it to all of the slam quarterfinals and Yannick Sinner made it the very next Grand Slam. So he is very much still the best of, uh, the most consistent across all of the different Grand Slams. And he's putting together some great performances. Um, We did actually ask this question on our Twitter. uh, We asked, will this be the year that Yannick Sinner breaks through at a major? What will his best result be? And most people, 42.9% of people said semi-finalist and 25% said winner. So I think it's, there's definitely the people who do think he will break through. Um, But I think you're right. He is going a bit under the radar when I think a lot of people thought that he would be causing a bit more damage rather than the Mm. occasional upset at the slams to, to make a quarter. I often find when people go under the radar, that's when they're at their most dangerous. So perhaps Ooh. it might suit him better that way. And I'd be interested to know what those 42.9% of people, like which event, which slam they think that semi-final may well come from. So, because, you know, he's very consistent on across all surfaces. Yeah. So it's Could quite hard to necessarily choose just one of them. Um, let's look at the third quarter now. So going to the second half of the draw, um, this is Djokovic's section of the draw and as we mentioned earlier his red carpet (laughs) is rolling out for him Uh, he opens against Roberto Caballos Baena of Spain Um, looking at his draw you know he may well play Dimitrov or Karatsev in the third round possibly PCB in the fourth round or Alex de Menor the home hope Um, Benjamin Bonzi is in that section as well I know French number one or near French number one Benjamin Bonzi well, almost. He didn't win this week. <laughs> it's still Manorino. <laughs> well, Manorino is is also lurking around that uh, that part of yeah. the draw as well. He's got John Hister in the first round. So uh, <laughs> who knows? By the end of the AO, we may have a new French number one. Um, could be someone else entirely, perhaps. Um, but yes, looking at Djokovic's section, I mean, his quarter finalist could potentially be Holger Rune or Rublev. Or Nick Kyrgios. They're the three names mm. that spring to mind. But Kim, I mean, we're seeing it. We're seeing it tomorrow in the practice match. We don't need to see it again. Well, you know, yeah. like in a week's time in a in a in a fourth round or Actual quarter match. final or whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, they played last year. We don't need to see it again anyway, do we? <laughs> I, I'm quite curious to see how Kyrgios is going to perform now that people are expecting a bit more of him based on what mm. he did last year. And, you know, with the home mm. crowd, I'm sure he'll have tons and tons of support, but it will be quite interesting to see if he makes it to that quarterfinal showdown. And a lot of pressure think, for him. Chris, is there a match in this section that sort of st- stands out for you in, in the first round or anything, any players that you've got your eye on um, in this Galan quarter? versus Shardy. I was like, Shardy's back. I know that he played a doubles match the other day, but I thought he was really stepping away from the game. So it turns out French tennis is in such crisis that they're bringing back Shardy to try and get him back to French number one. But matches I've got my eye on... Um, I do, as as we've talked about, I do think Djokovic will make it through this. I would love to see how Holger Rune would fare against a Nick Kyrgios, but I'd also um, would love to see, you know, Rublev team. I think team might spring an upset there. Rublev hasn't had the form. It would be great no. if team could get some he's wins. He's been out of sorts since the, you know, the start of the season. I don't think he's, he doesn't feel to me like, a, you know, the number fifth seed in the, you know, in the oh, men's no. draw. Doesn't have the belief, I don't think, at the moment, um, starting the season. And a few opponents have been able to kind of bully him around on the court. He lost to Kokonakis this week. Um, so I think if Dominic Team is going to get a top 10 win, I think he's got the perfect mm-hmm. draw for that one. And then it does open up a bit with Dan Evans. So for me, I think the excitement probably does lie in the Holger Kyrgios potential matchup. And then whoever wins that one, I think. We'll have a great one against Djokovic. I think you're, you know, just going back to team there. I think if he, you know, it's his for the taking in a way if Rublev mm. is very much mm. below par. And looking at the rest of the draw, I mean, yes, Dan Evans could well be, you know, a team of, of 2023, not a team of, you know, 2020 but or 2019. Mm. Um, but team could very well make it through to, say, the fourth round if, if he could mm. put together a string of wins, which would be great to see him back at that stage of a slam again. That would be a fascinating match if it if it did get to that. Like who knows, Dominic team Nick Kyrgios because I think that was the last. I think that was the last match you know Dominic team had before you know he went into kind of uh, you know an extended period because of of injury where you know Nick Kyrgios I think did he defeat him at the Australian Open. Um, team got the win. At team Australian got Open. the win. Sorry, yeah, and uh, that was, was in twenty twenty one. but Kyrgios was two sets up. Ah, was that the match where they all had to leave halfway through because the lockdown rules were changing? Or I think no, that, that was the case. It might have been. Was it? Was it that match? Yeah, that Rings was that bell. was the case. We're delving yeah, into our. We're, we're going deep, deep aren't we? yes, because it was the third round, and then the rules changed, so they did have to go. That's correct. Ah, yes. So, <laughs> but that's the, the depths of our sort of tennis COVID um, knowledge there. Yeah. 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 Dominic team. <laughs> Dominic team. Yeah, it's got a good opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, just talking about Novak, the only thing that may prevent him is something like an injury. And there were some rumours that, you know, he has a bit of an issue with his hamstring because he pulled out of a practice match with Medvedev after about half an hour. Personally, I'm not, uh, I don't know, going to read too much into that. I think he's just being very cautious and, you know, uh, obviously uh, now that there's funds being put on this match with with Kyrgios' practice match, I assume he's probably prioritising um, commitments like that if, if he has to. But I mean, if it was that bad, he wouldn't end up playing that, would he, um, tomorrow night? So I, I I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I don't think it's anything that Djokovic fans would perhaps worry about too much. He could lose a limb and he'd probably still make it to the yeah, second. I, I agree. Yeah. The, the draw he's been 
the draw on paper that he's been given, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I feel like, regardless of if he's had a hamstring injury or not, he should be able to kind of come through that. Um, it might be a factor, you know, later on. I just remember that match against Taylor Fritz two years ago, Ooh, where yeah. we all thought he was going to retire and. You pulled through and obviously won uh, in flying colours uh, the rest of the tournament. But let's look at the last section of the men's draw. Casper Rude is the second seed, so he's down at the bottom of the draw. You know, he made a couple of slam finals last year, has been very consistent um, in slams last year. So really looking to see if he can keep that form up uh, at this level at the start of this year. Um Looking at his draw, he could face Berrettini in, in the fourth round or perhaps Roberto Bautista-Agut. Um, and then kind of the rest of that section, we've got a, a Taylor Fritz and a Sasha Zverev in the in the other bit. Um, they could meet in the fourth round, the winner of whom would potentially play Rude or, or Berrettini if the seedings go to plan, that is. We all know things can easily change. Um, Chris, Casper Rude, do you have high hopes for him at this year's Australian Open? He didn't actually play this event last year because he was injured. So if you think about the slams that he did end up playing, he did, did pretty well. And this is this will be his highest ever seeding in any Grand Slam so far in his career. So do you think he will justify his seeding and potentially make another final? I think it's hard to say with Casper, isn't it? I think he can really lose to someone who you would think is relatively unknown or, you know, not really a, a contender. And then he'll pop up at one of the big, well, big uh, tournaments like the end of season finals. He made the finals, two Grand Slam finals. So if this is Grand Slam Casper. Then I think, why not? But I think based on um, some of his previous form in Australia, the fact um, he hasn't necessarily had the practice you'd want going into this. Uh, he played... Uh, against Berrettini at the United Cup and that was quite um, a convincing win for Berrettini and that was the opposite when they played at the US Open where he made Berrettini look pretty average. So it's a really hard one to call. I don't think he's going to get knocked out in the first round or anything like that. Um, I think he will set up that Berrettini clash but I'm just not sure if this is the best surface for him and if he's in the best sort of form coming into this one. Um, that's quite an on-the-fence answer. He's just waiting for the golden swing. Get on the clay as quick as possible. Yeah, forget oh, yeah. the Australian Open. That's all he cares about, really. The golden um, swing. No, I'm, 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 I'm sort of of that opinion that... I keep looking at Casper Rude, number two seed. I keep thinking this is like Annette Contivate when she was number two seed uh, on the, you know, the that ladies' draw. Is, is that really, is that too hard? It is I don't hard, know. Two Annette time Contivate, slam finalist. Yeah, she hasn't got to any slam finals. I final. know. Well, I was thinking that, but again, I've not been convinced by his form at the start of the season. And I, I personally think he's a little bit of a vulnerable number two seed. Um, Five I, sets, I, remember. Yeah, but I'm not. Sure. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Um, I'm not convinced um, he's gonna uh, prosper too too greatly. I think um, in Melbourne is my is sort of my view. I've had Roberto Batista Gut actually. Um, uh, I've sort of penciled him in um, to make the the quarterfinals. You uh, think he'll make it past Bublik? Maybe. Maybe. I, mean, I, I don't know. Tommy Paul's in there. That's a tricky Cass section for Jensen Brooksby. I look, yeah, I, I just think Brooksby. I've not seen enough of Rude this season to make me think, yeah, he's gonna carry on from last season and and keep on doing great things at, at, at Grand Slams. Yeah, in Melbourne so early on in the season, I expect him to pick it up at some point, but I'm not. I'm not sure um, in Melbourne. 
kind of want Casper to win it now, just so that we can replay this. <laughs> I can see our, my, our that listeners right. are just ready to write in to me and be I, like, yeah. how dare I, you? Eyes are rolling. How dare yes. you talk so blasphemous about Casper Rude? And Joel, um, as a big Andy Murray fan, did your heart sink when he oh, got Matteo Berrettini in the first round? I mean, it's a really awful draw, I think, for Murray, who you know had a nice win against uh, De Menor at the the Kuyong Classic um, the other day. Um, you know, thought he you know thought he's been he played well against Korda, given Korda got to the final and pushed Djokovic so hard. I feel like he's had playing at a good level at the moment and. I think he admitted he was hoping for a kind draw while the draw gods were not, I think, that kind to him. You know, he lost to Berrettini at the US Open, I think, in the in the third round last year. And um, again, it's just going to be a very tough matchup. Berrettini got to the semifinals um, you know, at the Australian Open last year. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be going to be a very formidable very tough opponent and as a Murray fan a very unfortunate opponent because I I cannot see you know despite his you know returning capabilities and you know if the Berrettini serve is is on song it's going to be a very tough one I think to to put away and just before we move on to sort of revealing our predictions for the men's draw um, Taylor Fritz I know Joel mm. you said you had really high hopes for him yeah. this season um, looking at his draw do you think that this could be the moment I think this is a great spot for him in the draw along with actually Alexander Zverev who I think is going to go into this tournament again quite under the radar but I think is in quite a nice spot I mean the closest seed to him is Diego Schwartzman who hasn't been great really I think for the last you know six months or so um and uh, yeah I think there's you know there's an opportunity for someone here and I think Taylor Fritz again given how uh, you know the, the momentum he is carrying in I think from the United Cup you know United States winning that him doing so well in in the singles um yeah maybe he's I think first in line to make the most of this this opportunity Oof. in this quarter because I think he's the form player in it at the moment there's a word of warning for you there, Joel. I did predict that he would win the US Open and he went out in the first round to Tracy Austin's son, <laughs> Brandon Holt. And then a, a quote that I've just looked up from him, he said he had really high hopes. I feel like an idiot for thinking I could win this thing, the US Open. Mm. So well, I, I think you after need, that, you need I those can't. defeats. You need those defeats in the locker, I think, to kind of you know manage yourself, manage the expectation. Must be and- on now. He needs a Grand Slam result, doesn't he? Mm. Like a really big one. Yeah, he does. And I think I have no reason to think that he can't, you know, he can't, he can't do it. He's been playing, say, he's been Mm. playing some great tennis. I think I'm really curious to see actually how Sasha Zverev gets on because I think if he had been handed a a tougher draw, then I would have said, you know, he's the easiest draw imaginable. This one, yeah, he's a seed that you know is there for the you know there for the taking, but. The way he's, the, the, you know, the way it's fallen for him, you know, it's it's been pretty kind. I think been pretty kind. You know, got qualifier, lucky loser in in the first round, and then you know, David Goffin, Jordan Thompson, Jordan Thompson, sorry, JJ Wolf, Diego Schwartzman. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a nice. It's a definitely for me a very comfortable place in the in the draw to to land in. Yeah, I think for me, this quarter is actually the most interesting because I am curious to see what Zverev's going to do. Curious about mm. Taylor Fritz. Like you said, he has that What are you expecting from Zverev, Kim? Should we be expecting um, anything from him? 
Well, I've expected him to win the US Open later in the year. I think it might take him a while <laughs> to get his mojo back. Um, but, you know, with the last time we saw him at a slam, he was potentially going to knock Rafa out of the French Open. Like he and was potentially playing that win the well. whole thing, yeah. So I think obviously it'd be going some to sort of immediately resurrect that form. But, you know, he's definitely, I think, in the right space where we're not really, I don't think too many people are going to be talking about him coming back after such a long injury um well i say long injury obviously some players have had longer time out but um still very significant um let's have a look at what we've predicted for each of the quarters um oh god this is uh, yeah. my least favorite part well, <laughs> predicting just, what definitely won't long. happen <laughs> yeah the um, predictions that won't happen i think is probably the yeah, best way yeah. to frame this yeah so let's go quarter by quarter and we'll just go around the room and say who we've got so quarter one uh chris who are you going for I have gone for Nadal and Corda. Okay. Joel? I've gone, despite being a doom monger for Rafael Nadal earlier, <laughs> I've gone Nadal Medvedev. Ooh, repeat of last year's final. Mm. Yeah, could well have that. I've gone for TFO and Corda, and that's just because I obviously want Rafa to be there, but I, I'm doing that sort of superstitious, don't want to predict him sort of thing. <laughs> but genuinely. Wild card. Well, yeah. So I'm going for an all-American quarter. Um, quarter two, I've gone for Sitspass against Borna Koric. Um, mm-hmm. Joel, who have you got for that one? I'm going Cam Nori, Stefano Sitspass. Okay, I did, nice. I did the Chris? same. I did the same. same. Nori Sitspass. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I'd like Nori to get there, but you mm. know. Um, quarter three, Joel, this is the pop- potentially popcorn <laughs> yes. match quarter final. I think we're going to have practice match part two. Nick Kyrgios, Novak Djokovic. Right. Chris? I mean, I sound a bit boring. I've, just, I've got the same. I've gone for Kyrgios, Djokovic. <laughs> well, I'm the only one that hasn't gone for Kyrgios then. Uh, I've gone for Holger Rune against Djokovic. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we'll see about that. A repeat um, at the Paris final. Quite. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. Um, and quarter four, I have Fritz against Kasper Rude. Uh, Chris, who have you gone for? I've gone for Fritz Berrettini. Ooh, oh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. We've all gone we've all gone Taylor Fritz. Surprise, surprise, I've not gone Kasparud. I have gone with RBA. I think RBA's RBA. He started just, the season like a the, house on fire. The worst the worst prediction of the lot, I think. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> just, just wait. Chris. Just wait until we get to week There's two. No way. He's going and I'll round be talking one, about out. Taylor Fritz and uh, <laughs> Roberto Batista Agut in that bottom quarter. RBA is quite consistent. You know, he's had some <laughs> Deep runs. He got to the semis at Wimbledon once. So he's got to be uh, getting on, on now, yeah. though, as well. And he plays a very physical yeah. game. He, I think he, he had, he had two, to postpone his stag wedding. do for his mate, stag didn't he, to, to play in it? Yeah. Well, I think it was, was his it, own stag do. I thought I it was his own. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if it was your mates, that wouldn't really be news. You just had yeah. something in your calendar. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd rather play a Wimbledon semi final <laughs> yeah, than go to my mates. I'd uh, rather get out of it. Yeah. Well, speak for yourself, Kim. Yeah. So our semi final lineups. Chris, who have you gone for? I I'm I'm sorry, Kim. I've gone for Corda and Sitsipas. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and oh, the other you have as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was say, just, just both... admiring that you both went for the same. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, exactly I read the, the wrong thing. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I should be doing my other semi final, should I? Hmm. What's your other semi? Uh, I went Djokovic Fritz. Okay. Um, 
I've gone Djokovic rude, so we're, we've got three or four the same. Joel, yep. you, you gonna go somewhere? Yeah. RBA Djokovic. <laughs> <laughs> no, the RBA fairy tale is ending in the quarters to Taylor <laughs> Fritz, who will face Novak Djokovic, and I've got Daniel Medvedev uh, defeating Rafa um, in in the quarters uh, and taking on yeah Stefanos Tsitsipas. So, Joel, who's your final and who's your champion? Well, I'm going Medvedev versus Djokovic in my final with Djokovic as your champion and going to complete La Decima, La La Aussie Decima. (laughs) I feel like we've seen a Medvedev-Djokovic slam final before, you know. (laughs) Um, Chris, what about you? I have gone for Sitsipas Djokovic and I was really tossing up on this one because something is telling me that Sitsipas is going to do something this year. I just think something's changing him, but how do you bet against Djokovic? I, mm. I thought this time I've got to go a bit safer because I, I, did, I did like a right idiot last time with Anissimova and, <laughs> uh, and Fritz and neither of them made it past round one. <laughs> you've gone safe this time. Safe. So you've got, who's your champion, Djokovic? Djokovic, oh, yeah. Yeah. I've gone the same. I've gone Sitsipas Djokovic final with Djokovic. I think Korda Sitsipas... If that happens, Corder will give him a great run for his money, but I think Ugh. experience will just win out. Corder um, is so fragile. I'm not <laughs> convinced he has the body to hold out to semi-final. Oh, well, we will see. The That's the mm. joy of predictions. Um, and on the, the really unsurprising news that we've all predicted Novak Djokovic to uh, win his 10th Australian Open, let's take a quick break, but we'll be back in the second half where we'll be looking at the women's draw, plus revealing our collect a set player picks. So do not go anywhere. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Australian Open Draw Preview, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. And let's move on to look at the women's draw. Um, Before we do look at the draw, though, um, just to touch on something we mentioned at the end of our previous podcast, and that was about Naomi Osaka, who had revealed that she was not going to be playing the AO this year. Um, She must have been listening to our podcast because like a day later, she revealed to the world... uh, via social media that she's pregnant and is expecting her first child so will not be on tour um this year but she is planning to be back 
in 2024. So, Chris, this answers some of the questions that we raised uh, the other day about her desires and motivations. Um, what did you make of this of this news? Obviously, it's very pleasing for her. But um, do you think we will see her this time next year come coming back? I think so. I think um, it's almost the perfect time for her to do this. And I think it obviously speaks to the fact that taking the time off, off court has been really good for her. And this is such exciting news for her. And I think we've seen with Serena that and with actually with players like Djokovic and Federer that playing in front of your children is something that can give you such motivation to make them proud so you're not just doing it for yourself I mean she's done it for herself she's shown everyone she can do it and I think it will be um a really great a really great thing for her and I think it's um really nice news because I think we were all worried if it might be slightly more mental health related potentially and then we wouldn't see her next year and then you know it might go on so this is super nice that she said that her intention is to come back and there's such nice news that she is expecting so we wish her all the best for 2023 Quite, yeah. All the very best to her. And let's look at who we do have at the Australian Open. Um, so the first section of the draw is, of course, headlined by the world number one, Iga Sviontek. Um, And looking at the rest of that draw in terms of potential quarterfinal matchups, it would be a, a Coco Goff as the seventh seed or potentially a, a Paola Badosa as the 11th seed for, for Sviontek. But it's going to be Emma Raducanu. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. She's going to steamroll her way as she did in Flushing Meadows 2021. Uh, why would she not? <laughs> um, but I mean, going back to Sviontek, before potentially getting to the quarter, she may very well have a rematch of that uh, semi-final of last year where she lost to Danielle Collins because that could very well be mm. her fourth round um match match up with, with Danielle Collins, obviously last year's finalist. Um Wimbledon champion Rybakina also in that section. Um, US Open champion Bianca Andreescu as well. Yeah, it's very easy to, to forget about her because that seems like mm. a lifetime ago that she won the US Open. Um, I mean, just thinking about Sviontek and obviously that loss to Pagula at the United Cup, the fact she was in tears. As the world number one on the top seed, Chris, are you, are you thinking this is, you know, Sviontek's kind of got this nailed in or are you thinking she's she's quite fragile coming into this draw where where are you at with with Vega well I'll tell you I don't think that she's fragile so I definitely wouldn't describe her I think she's in a more um vulnerable position than she has been in terms of her form um coming in I think she has had as we said last time two quite humbling losses where she only got four games and um she didn't necessarily make them competitive. Whereas on her winning streak, even if she lost a set, she made them very competitive. You really had to beat her. So I think there are times when her game hasn't showed up for her. So it'll be interesting to see if she loses sort of the first set in one of the early rounds, how she responds to it. Um, and it could actually be one of the best things for her. You know, Yul Niemeyer is a very good player. Wimbledon quarterfinalist last year. And she's lost a set to her before and then really come through in strong fashion. So a couple of early tests, I think, and Iga could really get her groove back. But for me, I think it's going to be a tough one to see. I think this might be the Grand Slam that I kind of, apart from Wimbledon, that I see her sort of struggling slightly more at, even though she did make the semis last year. But you know what? I think Bianca, Bianca's coming back into form. That is not someone you want to be playing. And when they played in Rome, they had a very good first set. So... There's enough tests in that first section, but if she makes it through, we've seen how she can really run away with things. But as we said, it's a tricky one to call. 
Yeah, and and Joel, looking at this quarter, obviously Coco Goff won the title um, last week. Um, Paolo Badosa is doing all right at the moment in uh, mm-hmm. Adelaide, I think. Yes. Is there anyone who's drawing, you know, drawing the eye here for you in this quarter? I mean, yeah, I think Coco Goff uh, for me is again a player who uh, you know has got a really good. Uh, opportunity here I think it's a tough I think it's a tough draw there are some up and coming players as well like you know Chin Wen Zheng who you know we you know, came on the map she, she was I think she won the you know the newcomer awards for the you know the WTA tour last year so I'm interested to see how she gets on we know on her day Elena Ostapenko can just leave a, a trail of destruction I feel through you know through a draw so yeah it's it's kind of some some different kind of obstacles I think there and you've obviously also got Emma Raducanu who I'm interested to see you know she's got Corpatch um you know in, in the first round I'm really hoping she can come through that and there's no signs of um any potential ankle injury which um you know has been kind of you know has dogged her really in the in the build up to um to Melbourne but I would love to see a Raducanu versus Goff second round I feel like that would be a real a real marquee match um you know um in the in the women's draw so um yeah, I think Goff has got some yeah interesting kind of obstacles um, you know on her path and and Sinyakova as well in the, in the first round. I think personally, I think she's quite an underrated singles player. I know we we know her for kind of her, her doubles prowess, but um, I don't think that's going to be particularly easy for for Goff. Well, we've seen that match, Joel. We saw that at the Billie Jean King Cup where Sinyakova destroyed her yes, in that of singles course. match. Yes, yeah. So that is probably. A real, yeah, worrisome first round for Coco Golf. So yeah, it's very think, good that she's got really some talking, wins. We're not really talking about that, I think, as uh, you know, mm. upset alert type match, but it very well could be. Yeah. Mm, well, if it is, we we called it here first, didn't we? Um, we'll just <laughs> lay claim to that. And moving on to the second quarter, we've also got very high hopes for someone in this section because Jesse Pagula, who is the third seed, is um, Mr. Mova. Do you mean? Kind of, <laughs> Top of this section, yeah. Well, Chris, you may. Do you want to predict Anissa for this grand slam? For the title, Instead, yes. For the title, uh, yeah. <laughs> she's in this section. She could well play Pagula in the third round. Um, we've also got the likes of Petra Kvitova. That could be a fourth round for uh, Pagula. Um, further down, we've got Maria Sakkari, uh, Madison Keys. Victoria as a renker, she opens against Sophia Kenin. Um, mm. So that's a, a matchup for the, you know, for the headlines really. Two a former champion. Sophia Kenin as well. She's having a great start to the season. Yeah, she's in the semifinals of Hobart, I think it mm. is at the moment. Do you think that that is significant, Joel? Do you, do you see her? I, I think any any win, <laughs> Kim. I think any win for Sophia Kenin uh, on the WTA tour at the moment is significant. I think it's given her momentum and it's given her confidence, regardless of of you know the rankings of the players. You know she's she's come across, you know coming across against, um, and you know for me, Kenin as a that's Grand Slam champion versus Grand Slam champion. Um, yeah, we're seeing a lot of more of these type matches um, in, you know, in first rounds of, of Grand Slams. And again, this one to me is very fascinating just because of the Kenin factor in terms of, yeah, the 
how she started the season. I don't I think it would have been maybe a little bit more of a non-event last season, but I think, um, you know, I probably still expect Azarenka to come through that, but I, I certainly think Kenin could give Azarenka a, a good game. Like, you know, she she gave Coco Goff, you know, eventual winner, um, what, last week in... Auckland. But I have to Auckland, say, Joel, yeah. we have to remind our listeners that the last time Victoria Azarenka and Sophia Kenin played was in Rome, it was after Kenin had won uh, the Australian Open in 2020 and it was six love, six love to Azarenka. Mm. So that Maybe is... Maybe she'll be out for revenge then. The, but there's some scar tissue there, there must be. But we did ask our mm. listeners as well. We asked you who we thought would win this one and 72% of you said Azarenka. So yeah. I do think it, it has got a real... It, almost the last the fact that it was a double bagel last time means that this is a bit even more interesting, you know? This is very hard to call at this stage. <laughs> but Sophia Kenin, after that loss, did go and make the French Open final because that was the year it was mm. played in October. So yes. I, I wonder how much scar tissue there is considering she went deep subsequent to that. But yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how, how they fare against each other. Um, just looking at that bit of the draw, Harriet Darts um, kind of in that section, she's got Jill Teichman, uh, the 32nd seed in the first round. Tough. which. It's, it's tough. tough. Yeah, I think a lot of the Brits, well, most of them have just not had great draws, really. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think Harriet, you know, she took out Kazakina at the US Open. I think this is certainly winnable if she's playing as well as we know mm. she, she can play. But yeah, it's a tall ask, I think. Jill Tightman on her day is, is very, Rebecca very good. And Marino, round two, that's a tough one as well if she gets past um, <laughs> Tightman. So that's a tough section. Yeah, it's. I mean, the women's draw is 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 tough, tough, tough. And I think looking at Pagula's draw, it's it's pretty decent. Um, generally, if, if we she's going to go deep at a Slam, you know, really deep for the first time. What are you thinking about Barbora Krachikova? Because I've been reading in the build up that she is a lot of people's you know dark horse. You know, she had a good second half uh, of of last season. I think she won you know two titles. Um, Again, another former Grand Slam champion going under the radar a little bit as as the twentieth seed, perhaps. Chris, you like a bit of critique of her, predicting her French, basically. What do you think? I think she's one of those players who has such a solid basis of a game, um, and she never uh, never knows when she's beaten. I think she's got really good, like strong mental fortitude on the court. So if there's a way that she can get a win, even if she's not playing well, she she does tend to do it. So. I think there's real potential for her, especially with this draw. Lots of qualifiers in that area um, of the draw. Kvitova, I think, would be quite a good matchup for her because she can probably play a little bit more consistently at times. But then I think when you hit a player like Pagula, who's in such good form and plays so consistently, I think that's where she might become a little bit unstuck. But I do think that could be a potential fourth round encounter. Um, But for me, I think Madison Keys last year was sensational. That was when the key sort of resurgence really took off. And probably some of the best tennis I saw last year was when she made Paula Bedosa look really average. Um, and I think it was the fourth round there. It was quite some sort of um, uh, display of hitting. But does anyone think that Keys will be able to repeat the semi-final appearance Ooh. this year? I th- she's certainly capable because we we know she obviously has gone deep at slams before and on her day is is fantastic so mm. I, d- I don't see why not I think you know I think it's more it's less like she would do that again um, than it is that she would but I, I'm not 
putting ruling it out by any means. I find it I find it amazing that that I think you know Tom Yanovich had a what career best season last season. And uh, yeah, she's, she's unseeded. Yeah. yeah, she's uh, I think going to be quite a handful. I certainly think she's a player who has capabilities. She, I mean, she's shown it in the past to get to the second week of Grand Slam. So, you know, even for you know Azarenka, Kenin, you know, the winner of that could face Tomjanovic again. Quite a tricky, quite a tricky start there in that you know in that spot in the draw. I was also just looking because I saw there's a player called Storm Hunter and I Our thought, favorite. oh, that's an interesting name. But it's Storm <laughs> Sanders who got married, yes. I think. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, Storm Hunter, indeed. I was wondering if they're just, Storm is just a very popular <laughs> Australian name. Um, what a funny, I mean, isn't that funny that she's now Storm Hunter? Um, it's just iconic. It's fantastic. I Storm like Sanders, yeah. Be a meteorologist or something. Um, in <laughs> yeah. the, right, in the third quarter, we do have uh, Caroline Garcia as the fourth seed. Um, she did lose today to Belinda Bencic, so I'm uh, Chris. Are you are you a bit less confident now about Garcia and the prophecy, um, or are you thinking, looking at her draw, that she's got a good run here uh, potentially? I... Mm, I think that's a great If not now, question. when, is my question on Garcia. Well, I did say Wimbledon on the last pod, right. but I also, yeah, you I've, also said, I've also said, um, spoiler alert, I've also said here. So um, turns out, uh, whatever she plays, I think that she can do it because I, I think you have to believe in her because she needs to believe in herself to be able to do it because if she doesn't believe in those shots, they are flying out the baseline because she is yeah. really committed to them. So I think for her, on the day, she can beat anybody um, and like with the Bencic match today, Bencic, I, I really rate. And I think she's been playing great tennis. And um, that match only really was lost in that final game when Bencic broke to take it. So that could have easily gone either way. I think that's quite a good test because um, she's had some good wins. Uh, it's not been like she's had the perfect preparation. So I think sometimes that helps because, as we've said, you can have the perfect preparation and then it's very hard the following week to back it up. So, um Leda Fernandez could be a tricky player to play. I think that's a potential second round. Um, but I think, I, I mean, I see her getting out of this section personally, but I think I'm like, whatever happens, I'm saying Garcia is winning things at the moment. So um, it is quite an me. open section, isn't it? I mean, you've got Kazakina, uh, the eighth seed at the top there, Annette Contivate, who, Joel, she's no longer the second seed. You'll no. be pleased. She's back down to 16. Um, Kuda Metheva is the ninth seed. She's She seems to be playing really well at the moment. Started really well. the season well. Um, Pliskova, I mean, you know, she's certainly fallen from her top 10 days, but she's there or thereabouts. Um, could never quite rule her out, mm. I suppose. Yeah, Joel, thoughts on this quarter? Yeah, I think I just, as I said, I just think, you know, all the, the momentum and the, you know, the wins and... Uh, you know how the performances that Garcia put in, you know, last season. It's now, I think, for me, it's like, well, it's like t- to what end? And I think it is about now, like getting back to that question of, are you, a, you know, are you a Grand Slam contender? And I think with the the quarter that she's been given, she's got a great platform here. I think to you know to have a crack at, um, you know, potentially, you know, getting to a, a, an Australian Open final. Um, yeah, I think it, it's going to be tough if she has to face, you know, Fernandez or even Cornet, who's you know very experienced competitor on the, on the circuit in in the second round. But I think this is a uh, to be honest, I think this is a part of the draw that I think, yeah, there's no real, I think, big threats, um, despite, you know, some of the names in there. I think they're 
they're there but are sort of living on maybe past glories more than than present glories mm. that that mm. caroline garcia is yeah the ao is just so difficult to predict because there's just so much less form you know i mean to go on because you've had the off season i know we've had a couple of weeks of play but it's it is very difficult isn't it to see who's really in a, in a groove but i mean mm. I, I personally hope garcia's groove from last year yes. carries on i can't believe really that Ooh, she garcia's groove i like seed. that <laughs> garcia's is garcia groove. grooving today that's a <laughs> <laughs> bit of alliteration for everyone um yeah Grooving to the prophecy, we shall see. Um, fourth <laughs> quarter, uh, we've got Anjabor at the bottom of the draw as the second seed. Um, we've also got Arena Sabalenka as the fifth seed. Uh, Belinda Bencic, Chris, uh, very highly rated by yourself and many others, of course, <laughs> mm. as the 12th seed. Um, Sam Sonova had admire all these players who have had fantastic streaks Sloan of form Stevens. Sloane Stevens Sloane Stevens fantastic streak of form also Bobby <laughs> <laughs> Muguruza if you're going to be saying so Stevens as well well yeah I mean f- Linda Fravertiva's in this section and her sister has qualified actually Brenda who we spoke about the other day um, yeah Joel uh, on Jabor, uh second seed you know obviously mm. made two slam finals last year the last two slams, really. So could she make it a third slam final on the trot, perhaps? I think it's going to be tough. I think Sabalenka has looked looked the best player. Arguably, I'd say the best player, I think, on the the tour so far this season, I think, on the the WTA side. And I think she's going to be a real formidable... I say this, well, I think, I feel I say this all the time, but, you know, with Sabalenka at Grand Slams, but she's such a on her day can be such a formidable powerhouse of a player and you know from what we've seen so far if she can keep you know that that serving and that intensity up I don't think a lot of players are going to be able to match her including um on Zubor so Ooh. I actually think this quarter is is more Sabalenka's I think to lose than, than oh, really? and I think she's got you know she could have Marketa von Drusova in, in the second round which I think could be quite you know, difficult. You've got Kai Kanepi as well, potentially in the third round. You know, we know how much she loves a, a top 10 victory um, at, a, at a Grand Slam. So, yes, Onzibor, second seed. I'm sure she'll be great. Um, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be tough going in this quarter. I'd completely forgotten about Von Drusova. Um, yeah. I just I forgot that she reached a Slam final. And yeah. It seems ages ago. Blimey. Um, Chris, what, what, what were you thinking on this section? Well, this is the quarter of the dangerous floater. We have, as we said, former Grand Slam finalist Von Drusova. We have the, the ever-dangerous Donna Vekic. We have Grand Slam mm. winner, Sloane Stevens, Grand Slam winner, Muguruza, finalist Pavlyuchenkova. So this is one where I'm almost looking at some of the some of the unseeded players in this section where I think they might be able to to pull some form together. Um I think Shelby we Rogers, s- maybe Shelby Rogers. It's it's tricky, right? It's a tricky section. Mm. Um I do think that Sabalenka will put in a good run. But having said that, I think there are some players that can can also have something to say that uh, about that, such as Bencic, Haddad Maya, she takes a lot of beating. The courts are a bit slower in Australia. I think you'd really have to um play really well to hit the ball it will hit through her um i think it's it's tricky to call i just don't see ons necessarily um 
kind of coming out of this into the semi-finals, I think that run of finals will be broken. Um, but I do think this section is, is about to get messy as the tournament progresses. Well, on that note, on that messy note, let's do our uh, course by course. Let's get some messy predictions in. Predictions, yeah. Joel, kick us off. Who's in your quarter one matchup? Uh, I'm going Iga Swiatek versus Yelena Ostapenko. Oh, oh so we haven't even discussed Ostapenko, but she's <laughs> there or thereabouts. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, what about you? I went for completely different players. I went for. Andrescu and Badosa. Oh, really? Who do you think oh. Shortex losing to? Andrescu. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I've gone, for, got Caroli- I've gone for Carolina Mukova against Coco Goff. <laughs> wow. So we've all gone wow. for six different players. <laughs> we covered all bases. That's <laughs> you love talking of- about Carolina Mukova, Kim, I swear. She has got to a... I think a say at semi-final AO definitely I think you predicted her to win Wimbledon semi. one year on the pod I think oh. as well I think um, and I well, never let her forget yeah. about it but yeah, I think I mean, the year after that she did do very well at Wimbledon so I'm always a yes, year ahead did. in my predictions that's what I'm <sighs> saying uh, but yeah I, I feel that Mukova is going to take mm. out Shiontek. Um so yeah quarter two Chris who's in your second quarter uh, Pagula Keys okay Joel Pagula Azarenka Oh, I've gone for Pagula Sakari. So we're all in agreement <laughs> on Pagula. Pagula is the constant. <laughs> and your third quarter, Joel. Kudametova versus Garcia. Oh, Chris. I've gone for the same, yeah. I've also gone for the same. <laughs> Full house. <laughs> Full house. It's like bingo, isn't it? Um, <laughs> right, fourth quarter, Chris. Benchich Haddad Meyer. Oh, I'm very close. I've gone for Sabalenka Haddad Meyer. And Joel, what about you? I've gone... Sabalenka Yabor. Just Ooh, going with okay. the seeds. It's a cop out, Joel. Yeah, that was a bit that's a bit of a cop out, actually. Yeah. So Joel, who have you got in your semi-final lineup? So my semi-finals um are, are pretty are pretty straight into the form book, I think, over the last year or so. I've got Sviontek versus Jesse Pagula and I've got Garcia versus Sabalenka. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is that is a very reasonable. Yeah, uh, it's a bit boring. Assumption. If I'm being honest, it's a bit vanilla. Uh, <laughs> Chris, what about you? I've gone for Pagula Badosa, and then I've gone for Garcia Benchich. Oh, okay. Well, I've gone for Pagula and Coco Goff, and then I've gone for Kudametova and Sabalenka. Wait, so... do you think that Goff is going to take out Mukova? Oh, Mukova's uh, going to, sorry. No, Mukova before that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I've got Pagula Sabalenka as the final with Pagula winning. Uh, Joel, what about you? I've Yeah, I have got the same. Pagula okay. Sabalenka, Pagula. And Chris, have you Ooh. got Pagula in your final at all? I do, oh. but Pagula can't stop the prophecy. Garcia is going to take it, <laughs> is what I've gone for. Someone had to get that in there. <laughs> what will Pagula's, uh, not Garcia's groove, Pagula's um, party? I don't know. I'm trying to think of some cool alliteration. Totally failing. Not very creative. I'm sort um, of envisaging some the, the ladies' final Ash party is going to be looking on. And there's going to be loads of camera shots of like Ash Barty looking over and then like a week, you know, during it, we're going to get like memes on on Twitter of being like, yeah, I could beat both of you. I I mean, she could. She really could. I watched highlights from last year today and I just thought what Barty can do is um, something else. I watched Mm. Barty Pagula and I mean, obviously Pagula's games come on a lot, but... 
Barty was, I mean, she made that look very pedestrian. Pedestrian Pagula. There we go. Do you know, I was just <laughs> thinking over this episode, actually, because Ash Barty also has announced that she's pregnant um, mm. uh, with so a child they recently. Could they? Co- well, I'm, I'm not. I'm putting it out there. Could oh. they could come back in 2024? I feel like if Naomi Osaka does, you know, come back and she's all, you know, she becomes all business again on, on the tennis court, maybe, just maybe that motivates, a, you know, a, a competitor like Ash Barty to be like, hang on, I'm going to, I'm going to be making a comeback as well. Who, you know, who knows? Mm. Well, that remains to be decided. Mm. A new um, prophecy, perhaps. A new prophecy. <laughs> Wait, Joel, um, Joel, you can't have a prophecy. You're not Andy Murray. I'm sorry. I have to stop <laughs> you there. Um, we do have one last thing before we um, finish for the evening. And that is to reveal this edition of Collector Set and our picks um, for the for the players that we're going to be asking everyone to uh, predict how far they'll go into uh, the tournament. So, um for anyone who hasn't played before, Collector Set is our Grand Slam Predictions Challenge. Uh, we name three male players and three female players. And you, if you'd like to take part, have to tell us what round you think they will get to. So will they reach the first round? Will they reach the fourth round, semi-final, etc.? Um, and if you think they're getting to the final, you do need to specify if they're the champion or the runner-up. So it's what round they're going to reach um, and then kind of lose in or will they go all the way? Um, I'm sure many of you will have played it before um, and we hope that you'll uh, send us your picks again uh, because the prize is a very special Tennis Weekly mug, um, which you'll Ooh. all want to be sipping out of for <laughs> tennis watching on the sofa going Absolutely. forward. Um, we have had a one of our listeners who um, participated in our crowdfund, uh, Carol. Um, she has picked one of the um, female players. So... Um, I'm going to give it to both of you to reveal our picks. Um, Joel, would you like to reveal our our male player picks for this edition? So our collector set 2023 male picks for the Australian Open are Rafael Nadal, Sebi Korda, and Nick Kyrgios. Had to go for the Kyrgios, didn't we? I'm sure everyone's just like sick of Kiros sport already, but uh, yes, <laughs> he is firmly in the collector set. Um, uh, collect the collector set six. And Chris, who are our female picks for this year? Our female picks are Iga Swiatek, Jesse Pagula, and then we have Carol Gibson's crowdfunder pick of Petra Martic. A bit different Ooh. there. A bit of a curveball. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to have to go and study Petra Martic before I come to my decision on that one. She is very consistent, though. She she does tend to do Just quite well. Just handy day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. handy. Yeah, handy player. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Carol, for, for contributing and for your excellent crowdfund support. Um, we would like predictions in before the start of play. So you've got till Sunday night UK time, uh, which is basically when the tennis is all then kicking off in Melbourne. So you've got a couple of days. Um, let us know via Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, or via email. Um, just drop us a message with your picks uh, and the round that you think each of those players are going to get to. So just to summarise, it's Nadal, Korda, Kyrgios, Svantec, Pagula and Petra Martic. Uh, we'll be revealing our picks in our round one catch up, which we'll be recording on Tuesday. 
Yes, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode of the Tennis Weekly Podcast, our Australian Open Draws preview show. Remember to subscribe to us to stay up to date on all the action to come in Melbourne. As we go through, we will be doing our round by round episodes, starting with our round one episode next Tuesday. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you can also follow us on social media or email the show. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tennis Weekly Pod. Or you can email us on tennisweeklypod at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our website, www.tennisweekly.co.uk. And we will be back on Tuesday at Tennis Weekly HQ for our round one catch up of the Australian Open. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.